Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century, right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host, teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. The title of this book, this book of poems, Cynthia's Psalms, Love Notes to the King and the Poet, is Cynthia C. Douglas, and Cynthia joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Cynthia. Hello, how are you? Great to have you with us, Cynthia. These love notes to the king, they are a very special experience that you had in doing this. Uh, You call them a book of love notes written especially to the king of kings. It was birthed out of a time of prayer and fasting. So tell us about this experience, this prayer and fasting, and how the book of Psalms played a very key role in producing your love notes to the king. Okay. Actually, I was um, preparing for to be consecrated into the fivefold ministry, and um, so the Lord instructed me to go on a 40-day fast. And during the time of fasting, he um, instructed me to do one hour of uh, just laying out before him every day, uninterrupted with, uh, I call it soaking music, worship music. And as I would just lay there, um, and I'd have a notebook by me, the the Holy Spirit would just kind of like impress me, and, and these words would come, and I would just write them out. And uh, I did this every day for 40 days. And even after that, for a while, I, I continued. And um, that's how the love notes were birthed, because I was just expressing, you know, whatever uh, came up in my heart, that's what I was putting on paper. And at the time, I had no idea that this was going to be published or anything. I just thought it was something that the Lord was telling me to do, and I was being obedient. And uh, so Cynthia Psalms, the title came to me because I love the book of Psalms. I, I That's probably the book I read the most out of it, uh, on a daily basis. And um, I love David, and, and uh, I just love the, the book of Psalms, and I, I um, they inspired me. But um, that's how I got the, the title, Cynthia Psalms. I thought about it, and I said, well, David, <laughs> he wrote the book of Psalms in the Bible, or he had a part in it. And... Um, so I thought you know, that was a very um, a very good title, and the uh, the the poems just like I said they just kind of flowed each day. Each day was different, um, but it was just that one hour span of time that I would lay out before the Lord um, in worship, and and, and um, the words would come. Now, you see your book not to be just read one time. You see it sort of a devotional, a daily experience for readers. Yes. Uh, those that have, um, those that have, have read it, that they, they are using it that way. And that was my hope and my desire that it would not be a book that you just read one time or, you know, and, uh, put it aside. And, and it's really happening. I've had, um, I've had some, some readers to that I know, you know, they have texted me and called me and told me, you know, guess what? 
uh, guess what I'm reading right now? I guess what the Lord told me to do, to pull your book back out, and, and I'm in the midst of it right now, uh, using it as a devotional for a season. So that's my desire, is that it, it's, it, since it's poems, it is not... Um, it's not just a book to read, but I, I'm praying that, you know, on a daily basis that it will be a, a tool of ministry and that the Lord will really speak to them. And also it can be an example of how to um, express yourself to the, to the Lord. Well, it's time for you to share one of those. Okay. What would you like to do? I'm going to do, I'm going to do my most favorite one first, and it's called Into Me See." Intimacy. I broke the word intimacy down, and and it's I N dash T O dash M E dash S E E into me see, and intimacy, intimacy. That's what I want. See into me, into my heart, my will, my motives, my soul, my desires, my emotions. Lord, see into me. Because intimacy is what I want, what I long for. Intimacy with you, your intimacy with me. In to me see intimacy. Very good. I like that that play on that word intimacy of makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it does. It does. And I, I um and that is a desire. You know, if if you're gonna know someone, you're gonna have a relationship, uh, and you're gonna be uh, very close and intimate. You they are gonna see into you. You're gonna see into them. You will know them in a way that others don't know them, and uh, that's what I was getting out of intimacy, that closeness. And you you know you can be so close to God, uh, and God sees us anyway, <laughs> and He sees into us anyway. But um, it was just that just came to me one day into me seeing. Intimacy. That's what that's what you want to do. See into me. Your quest, your goal, your relationship with God. You want to be a woman after God's own heart. Yes, and that's my desire. And I, like I said, David is one character in the Bible, uh, especially in the Old Testament, that that uh, you know that just kind of fascinates me. And um, out of all that he did and all that he went through, and uh, um, he still was uh, considered as a man after God's own heart. And uh, he knew how to get, when he got away from God, he knew how to to repent and get right back in good graces with God. He knew how to work his way uh, back to God's heart. And um, and I, I, I was so impressed with that. And, and just, you know, he knew how to get close to God and um and how to how to touch God's heart and with with all the 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 things that he did that you would think that uh, God's heart would have been hardened toward him but it wasn't and he was a man after God's own heart and he had a heart towards God even in the midst of uh the wrongs that he did his heart was still after God and so that's that's my desire is to always be a woman after God's heart seeking him and pleasing him and finding out what you know what um what he desires and 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 just um obeying him and making god happy share with us another poem okay um okay this one is called i live to love on you 
I love to love on you, Lord. I live to love on you. I live to sing your praises. I live to shout for joy. I live to love on you, Lord, more and more and more. I live to give you glory and honor. I love to call your name and hear you sweetly answer back. I live to love on you, Lord. I live to love on you. I love to curl up in your arms and kiss you on the cheek. I live to enter your sweet, sweet presence daily and from week to week. I love to read your word to you, then hear you gently speak. I love to take some time with you, sitting quietly at your feet. I love to call you the apple of my eye, the center of my joy. I love to commune with you one-on-one. I love you more and more. I live to love on you, Lord. I live to love on you. I live to love on you, my King. I live to love on you. Very peaceful. Very, very very well done. Really brings us to another level of, just another level of peace and and harmony. Words are so important. Yes. They really do take us places, and that's what's beautiful about these love notes. They take us places in our feelings, in our spirit, in our emotions. Now, this journal of love notes and poems that you call Cynthia's Psalms, this is not the end. You have a sequel. I do. It's going to be Cynthia's Psalms uh, 2, but it's going to be love notes from the heart of the king and so these will be these are going to be kind of brief notes um but it's going to be god talking this time in the first book i was expressing myself and my heart to god this time god is going to be expressing his heart to his people i would like to say to his daughters but um this can apply to anybody female or male so uh, I will. It is being written uh, right now, and I hope to have it published in the next few months. Before we find out the best way to get your book, Cynthia's Psalms, Love Notes to the King, give us one more. Share one more with us. Okay. Okay. Um, I have one. This is called Spending Time with You. There's nothing better than being in love with God, my King, and Him being in love with me. Spending time with you, God, just spending time with you. Just being still with you, laying my head on your chest, feeling your warm embrace, kissing me on the cheek and whispering softly in my ear, You are mine. I have chosen you. You are my bride, my love, my heart. Yes, I love you laying my head on your chest and knowing that I am so blessed to share a love with a God like you. I love the time we spend together, the moments of intimate passion, caressing the channels of my heart, my king, my royal, regal love. Very good. Very, very well said. Cynthia, what's the best way to get your book? Cynthia's Psalms. You can go to www. This is my website. www.cynthiasalms.com. Well, thank you, Cynthia, for joining us on Author Talk. 
Thank you for allowing me to be on. Very exciting. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts, back in a moment. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute defines high cholesterol as a condition in which you have too much cholesterol in your blood. By itself, the condition usually has no signs or symptoms. People who have high blood cholesterol have a greater chance of getting coronary artery disease. According to the American Heart Association, more than 120 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol counts that are above a healthy level. Harvard Medical School says that the good news is that cholesterol levels can be controlled, and just by lowering your total cholesterol 10%, you can decrease your heart attack risk by 20 to 30%. Making changes in your eating is important, but including daily exercise is a must. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts. The title of the book, Shut the Door on Yesterday, and the writer, Agnes Martin. She joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Agnes. Hello. Great to have you with us, Agnes. Now, you've written poems, you've written your experiences, even your religious experiences about your life in your book, Shut the Door on Yesterday. So tell us a little bit about why you did this, how this book came about. Well, always being a worker, I was being working until I retire. My last job is about, uh, it was, uh, I was an assistant teacher with the Fresno Unified School District. And when I retired, um, I went on a mission for the church, a free mission, I mean, volunteer, volunteer work. And um, everything was fine. I loved, I loved it. Uh, I, I met a lot of people. I got to help the church, and it was nice. It was a very nice experience. What happened is that I, I, got, I got ill. I got an illness. And so I, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do this mission anymore. I, they sent me, the church sent me back home to rest. So because I am such an active person, I, I was restless. So I began to just try little thoughts and uh, little experiences about my illnesses and that. And then I started, I, I started to, to write more and more, and I, I, I realized that it was a profound experience and it was helping me to regain my strength, my memory and uh, so I continue until, like I told you before, uh, one of my sons gave me the idea to to finish the book, to continue writing until I had enough pages to look for a publisher and that, and I did it. I, I That's what I did. Well, why don't we take a, a break in discussing all the things about your book and have you share with us the poem, Shut the Door on Yesterday, a poem that means a lot to you. Yeah, it does mean a lot to me because that's exactly what I did. I shut the door on yesterday, its sorrows and mistakes. 
I had many sorrows and I made many mistakes. Uh, sometimes the world seemed very gloomy. <laughs> My past failures and gave me heartaches. So everything in the poem reflected my life experience in a very poetic way. Why don't you continue on? Okay. I. You want me to read the whole poem? Please. And now I throw the key away to seek another room and furnish it with hope and smiles and every springtime bloom. No thoughts shall enter this about that has a hint of pain. And every malice and distrust shall never therein reign. I shut the door on yesterday and thrown the key away. Tomorrow holds no doubt for me since I have found today. Well, that does sum it up. That, very, that does sum up a life, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. That's why I told you that uh, because of this religious experience and this poem, I have found today I really found today when I had the religious experience that's why it was important to talk about this so how did your life change so much as you put it with the grace of God because it was through the grace of God uh, it's all in the book <laughs> but it was uh, I have been away from church for some time. I'm a Catholic and I uh, have grown up Catholic and my family was is Catholic and uh, I used to go to church with my grandmother. So I was very much involved in the church until I decided to just not go anymore. One of my brothers invited me to accompany him and uh, and I did. And uh, when I heard when I heard the word being proclaimed, when I heard the the word of the of the Lord, like they said at the end of the readings, they always said the word of the Lord, and I, 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 I heard that it was the word of the Lord talking to me, talking to me, to change my life, and not to make so many mistakes anymore. And I did. That's when I did it, when I, because I heard it in my heart. I heard that God wanted me to do this, to live the good life. Well, we all make wrong decisions from time to time, but you're saying that nothing is impossible with God and also that the church, there's a lot of wisdom at church. Yes. Yes, that's what I said. Nothing is impossible for God. That's my motto in life now. (laughs) Nothing is impossible for God. Well, the... The writing of this book, I'm sure, really was uh, therapeutic in many ways. Well, I think that I think that uh, when you put your thoughts in writing and you read them again, it makes more sense. So, if it makes more sense to you, then it's therapeutic in a way. Yeah, you're right. And you're going to write some more. Yes. Now and. Uh, I I cannot stop writing now (laughs) (laughs) because I had so much fun I had so much fun writing 
So it's been a very fulfilling experience looking back and then even looking forward. In a way, in a way, yes. Because when you when you enter in the in the in the faith, when you start receiving this faith from the church, you realize that the forward is easier because there's there is a there is someone in control, not just you. So somebody is someone is guiding you in the church for the future. So there is hope for the future when we put our trust in God? Amen. You said it. You said it better than I. <laughs> well, I think we all, deep down, even those who say they don't believe, but I think, I just can't imagine deep down, if they're really honest with themselves, there's a feeling there. Wouldn't you say that? Yes. I would. Well, I I asked uh, somebody one day, uh, somebody that told me that he didn't believe in God. And I asked him, excuse me, just a minute. Can you make a banana? Can you make a banana? A banana is something simple. Can you make it? When you're hungry, go ahead, make a banana and eat it. (laughs) <laughs> they said, no, I cannot make a banana. I said, well, then God can. God can make a banana. Right. <laughs> I never think we something to think about. <laughs> uh, you did. You very well put. Yes, you gave him a lot to think about. <laughs> Well, Agnes, Agnes Martin, she is the writer of her book, Shut the Door on Yesterday. What's the best way, Agnes, to get your book? Well, it's being published, I believe. Uh, you can download it from Amazon.com and Burns and Nobles also. But you can also just write uh, the name or the title in the computer and download it. And you can purchase it in the computer. Well, we thank you so much, Agnes, for joining us on Author Talk. Thank you very much for calling me. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts, back in a moment. It's Believe it or not, there are times when even I can't think of the right word. The inability to think of a word is called lethologica. Texas Monthly Magazine recently came out with some colorful homespun sayings. Old as dirt and common as cornbread in the Lone Star State. Did you hear about the Texan that could strut sitting down? But he was all hat and no cattle, which means very boastful, but with nothing about which to boast. On top of that, he don't know a widget from a wangdoodle or a diddly squat. His wife was a mighty strong woman. She'd charge hell with a bucket of ice water. She was always telling folks that he was so tight, he could squeeze a nickel till the buffalo screamed. She also said he was famous for calling the hogs all night or snoring. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts... 
the title of the book, Places in God. And the author is Beryl E. Witten, and Beryl joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Beryl. Hello, Steve. Great to have you with us, Beryl. Well, you're going to take us on a different kind of journey. It's uh, more of an allegorical journey through the inside of God's body. Now, that's very different, but you're trying to prove a point, aren't you? Yes. The point I was trying to prove is that we can have access to God without being afraid of Him. Because often people do fear God, and they sometimes feel, well, He's not listening because I'm going through all this hard stuff. Yes. And but we know, we know according to the Scriptures that God said, I chose you, you didn't choose me, and I just felt like if God chose me, then perhaps I ought to get to know him. And that was the intent that I had in teaching the Bible study. So we studied, uh, we studied the shepherd, the 23rd Psalm is what we first started studying. And we learned that the shepherd has a tremendous love for the sheep. So we wanted to investigate that love and we discovered that we could study the Song of Solomon, which taught us how God loves people. And that's when I got the idea that if God loves people, God loves me. So why don't I ask God to help me understand who he is and how he is? And that's when it started. Well, again, we're going on a journey, this allegorical journey through the inside of God's body. So, and you post this question, imagine being inside of God's ear and hearing all the prayers, all the languages spoken in the world. That is a profound thought. <laughs> well, that's exactly what happened when we got inside of God's body. We, we, we were led inside, it through my imagination, of course. Of course. We were led inside of God's body by a phoenix. And of course, by the bird being an imaginary bird, wouldn't that be the appropriate item for us to get inside of God's body by our imagination? And that's what happened. And we got taken right into his ear. Well, there were other places that we got before we got to God's ear. But, we, we were introduced to the idea of obedience and how people think they have to obey God. And we learned inside of God's body, God's body, we learned that obedience is okay, but then there, beyond there, the next step was yieldedness, where we had to give up some of the old-time religious things that we had been taught. And we were taught that we should, we should learn to yield and accept what God had offered. That's how we got to that place. Came to the next place, which was the place of all truth. So when we got to the place of all truth, we went from there on to other parts. But that's how we first got inside of God's body. The phoenix led us. Now what part does the major angel play in this journey, this allegorical journey? Well, we were we were moving along inside of God's body. We went to the place of Christ's mind, and then we went to the place of the pure heart, and we got to a place called allness. We got to the point of excellence, and we bumped into the major angel. Well, when we found the major angel, 
uh, well, I'm I'm doing the narrative, and when I found the major angel, I realized that I recognized him. Now I'm already inside of God's body, but when I recognized the major angel, it brought to my mind an incident that occurred to me while I was in my real life. So this this is where we get a chance to see part of the narr- narrator's life that will come up inside of God's body. So the major angel was a person that was, I was in a hotel for real, and the hotel caught on fire, and when I needed to jump off the second floor, I was standing on the balcony in this hotel that was burning, and I looked down and there stood a man. This man had on a certain kind of shirt that I described, and he looked up at me and he said, jump. Well, I'm frightened. This is the second floor, and I didn't jump right then, and he yelled at me, he said, jump. And when he said the second kind of jump, man, I jumped over the head banister and down I went. And he caught me and and looked me in my face and said, you go that way and you stay there until I come. So I went that way and stayed. In the meantime, all the other people that were in the hotel were gathering around. Now, this happened in real life. So when I saw this major angel inside of God, I realized that that was the person that caught me when I jumped over the banister. Again, we're on this imaginary journey inside of God's body, and Beryl's having incredible experiences. And out of your study, again, that home-based Bible study group came some real revelations, a real new understanding that you had never had before. That's right. That's exactly right. Out of that study, we, we dedicated the whole study after that, and, of course, at the time we were studying it, we didn't know that we were acting inside of a book. We didn't know that. But the, the some of the experiences that we had along the way when we got into God's ear, we were, it, we had to follow along. There are five of us, don't forget. And we were sort of uh, behind one another, and we saw these giant, bones moving just like inside of a human ear and that's when we began to hear the drum beat it was like a heartbeat that we could hear in God's ear and when we got past the anvil there was this sudden silence and when the silence occurred then we began to hear the people talking and we heard everything that God hears we heard all of the people praying and and God spoke to us and told us that there was something inside of us that would filter out the languages that we didn't understand. So we were able to understand English. And we heard people saying, God, if you if you'll just do this, we'll do that. And all the kinds of people that were kinds of prayers that people make were the things that we heard right inside of God's ear. Well, you talk about the challenge of writing this because each chapter, as you put it, was more imaginative than the last, and you were kind of experiencing this firsthand almost like uh, in a, looks like in a dual being. Here you are, the author, but you're also kind of like a, a spectator, like you're on, on the journey along with everyone else. Exactly. There were five of us, and by me telling the story, I in the book you will understand that the other four people were ex- 
experiencing the very same things that I'm talking about. And they were doing it. We were, all five of us were experiencing God simultaneously. And then, of course, imagine walking on shiny red embroidery threads that are the heartstrings of God. Yes, the the phoenix took us. The, you see, the phoenix would fly ahead of us, and as the phoenix would fly, we would just follow the phoenix with no concept of where we were going. Or what? Or sometimes the floor was there was a floor, and there were other times that there wasn't a floor. And this particular time, we were following the phoenix, and we realized that we were suspended on nothing. We were right in the middle of a big old vastness, if you will. And that's when we became aware of the fact that we were walking in this vastness, and these embroidered threads would come out underneath our feet. And every time you make a step, there would be a, a new a new piece of thread. It was like you were walking on two strings. But when you pick up your foot and put it down again, then there was another uh, an extension of the string that you had stepped on before. And that, we found out later, that was what God's heart strings looked like. So we walked along on these heart strings, and we found out that we were inside of God's heart. And when we got inside of God's heart, we got off the heartstrings, and we began to romp and play. There were five of us, and we started to jumping and romping and playing inside of God's heart. And Rosa was one of the characters who wanted to take and make a cloud like a pillow because she wanted to jump up and down on the cloud. And Rosa was trying to jump on the cloud, and she couldn't hold on to the cloud because it kept rolling over, and she started to fall off. Dorothy wanted to make wanted to take the cloud and make a bowling alley and so she got the clouds and she made some balls and she began to roll the balls and the pins appeared and the ball would just go in a circle and come right back to her and everybody is just laughing so hard and Valerie had never had a bicycle in her whole life and she wanted to ride a bicycle and she just thought about that when she thought about riding the bike a bike appeared and it was like that bike in um uh, E.T., the movie E.T., she got on this bike, and there was a little character sitting on the basket of the bike, and she went riding away on her bicycle. And I was standing there watching all of that, and I decided, you know, I love a horse. I love a horse. And when I thought about a horse, one of the most beautiful Dresden ponies appeared right in front of me and I just climbed up on this horse and the horse began to do its paces and walk along while we were inside of the heart of God. We found some rabbits and, and we found some puppies. We saw the trees. We heard the daffodils sing. Beautiful colors. All of this is inside of God's heart. We decided, well, let's, let's, <laughs> we were playing and we were going to run, and we saw a hill, so we decided to roll down the hill. And when we started to roll down the hill, it began to rain. Don't forget, we're still inside of God's heart. And it started to rain, and it made all this mud. And when we got to the foot of the hill, we were muddy, and we were dancing and playing. And then the phoenix showed up, and we knew that it was time to leave the heart of God. And actually... We knew it was time to leave, so we sat there and talked to each other a little while, and finally, 
it, it, it occurred to me that most people think that God is all spooky and holy and, and, and frightening, but we got a chance to be inside of God's heart. And while we were there, we could hear this constant thumping, the thumping, and we were aware of the heartbeat of God. That's right. And the thing is, later, I'm there, and we went to the next place. We've been listening to Beryl E. Witten. She is the author of her book, Places in God, an Intimate Guided Tour. Beryl, tell us what's the best way to get your book. Oh, Amazon.com. Well, we thank you so much for joining us on Author Talk. You're so welcome. And I appreciate having this opportunity to be on Author Talk. And I would like to suggest to those who are listening, this is an easy read, and it's not religious. It's a delicate adventure that will transpose some wisdom into learning entertainment. And I feel certain that you will make this a keeper. Join us again for Christian Living That Counts. 